Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Yeah. 25 Saturday nights, 50 matches, all season long on ION. Out front to Williams, slips through, here's a shot. This is a game changer for sports. Sabina takes a shot herself. Hammers it home. Oh my goodness. See the full schedule and find where to watch at IonNWSL.com. Episode 166 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. How did you spend your COVID quarantine? Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Hahn. Short and sweet episode today. Just me, no guests. Wanted to check in over the summer. Thank you for liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling your friends about the Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. I truly appreciate all the support of you. So, so where to begin? Um, so when Donald Trump got COVID back in 2020, now granted, I know it was different times and COVID was a much scarier disease back then, but his big effort was taking a joyride with the Secret Service, probably exposing them to COVID. We don't really know the details. Some of those Secret Service members, it turns out, were part of the Trump cult, so we may never know. When Joe Biden had COVID and and rebound COVID, which, by the way, I got too. I got rebound COVID. I took Plax COVID when I got COVID. I probably didn't need to take Plax COVID, but I took it, and it went away in about two days, COVID, and then it came back maybe a week later, a week and a half later. Uh, so it's a very common thing. I, they, they say it's only 5%. I think that's nonsense. Everyone I know who took Plax COVID, and, and granted, it's a very small sample, probably about 10 people have all gotten rebound COVID symptoms, at least, even if they didn't test positive again. I didn't test positive again. But I had COVID symptoms again, probably like a week, maybe 10 days after it was gone. So uh, very common, and maybe we need to revisit the data on Plax COVID. Maybe Plax COVID needs to be taken longer than five days. But I digress. Joe Biden gets COVID, he's in quarantine, He takes out one of the most wanted terrorists on the planet, a man who was primarily the architect of 9-11. Osama bin Laden, as we know, was uh, the mastermind of Al-Qaeda, but Al-Jaziri, or whatever, Al-Zwaziri, I can't say his name right, and I'm not going to even try to keep doing it, uh, was clearly the ideological force behind Al-Qaeda and the thinker heavily involved with the plots, heavily involved with turning Al-Qaeda's focus on the United States of America and leading up to the attack on 9-11. Now, in other 9-11 news, Donald Trump over the weekend 
while hosting the LIV tournament, golf tournament, which we've talked about ad nauseum on this show. Of course, trying to defend his position position in partnering with the Saudis says nobody's gotten to the bottom of 9-11. Now, we have gotten to the bottom of 9-11. We know that most of the hijackers, I think 12 of the 15, had Saudi passports. We also know that Osama bin Laden was the scion of a very influential Saudi family. So there was a lot of Saudi money involved in the attacks on us on 9-11. I'm a New Yorker. Donald Trump used to be a New Yorker. I worked in the United States Senate on 9-11, representing New York, work, you know, working for Chuck Schumer, who represented New York at the time. And I dealt with the aftermath of 9-11, the families who lost loved ones. We all lost somebody that day, all New Yorkers for the most part. But more importantly, it left a hole in our hearts as well as in our city. And Donald Trump lived in the city on that day. And for him to act like he doesn't know what happened because he's got some money coming in from the Saudis on this tournament, it's just another example of why he sucks. And quite frankly, what's more troubling to me is that you know that you know his sheep, the people of the Trump cult, are going to be echoing the same nonsense going forward. Because whatever this guy says, they say, even though he said something completely different years ago. So I, I have got a real problem with what he said. Um, I, I find it horrible. And, and it's just one more thing on top of everything. You know, you want to try to defend your use of Saudi money for this live tournament? Go ahead and defend it. I mean, look, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I, I don't like the fact that they're trying to like, you know, sport wash the Saudis with the live tournament and other things they've done. Uh, but I also don't like the fact that we're buying oil from them. Now, I don't know. I know we don't need it anymore. But I don't like the fact that it's, look, it's still a commodity on the world market. We're still making the Saudis rich every single day. Every single one of us who drives a car has some Saudi oil refined into gasoline in their car. Trump didn't make that argument. No, Trump just decides to say, oh, we don't know what happened on 9-11. He makes the most despicable argument you can make. Why? Because there's 9-11 families outside of his golf course protesting, and he wants to defend his position by attacking theirs because that's the ugly human being that Donald Trump is. And if his supporters want to parrot those talking points, they need to be pushed back on especially if you're a cop or a firefighter in New York who supports Trump, because I know there's a lot of them. And you know what you lost on 9-11. We all know what we lost on 9-11. But of course, Trump wants to discount that too. And Biden, as if to say, hold my beer, Mr. President, Mr. Disgraced, or not disgraced, yeah, well, I'll call him disgraced, disgraced, defeated, former president. Biden says, hold my beer, takes out one of the masterminds of 9-11 just days after Trump 
made those comments. If that's not enough comparison for you about who's a leader and who's just a hack who shouldn't be trusted with anything, I don't know what else does. I mean, there's been a lot of criticism of Biden, some from me. But Biden is quietly getting things done. Gas prices continue to fall. This Senate bill that Senator Schumer and Mitch McConnell and not sorry, Senator Schumer and Joe Manchin agreed on. And by the way, I do believe Kristen Sinema is going to vote for it. I, I, we haven't heard from her, which I think is kind of odd, but I do believe she's going to vote for it. I, I, I mean, it, it's fantastic. It's the largest investment in clean energy in the history of the world, not just in the United States, in the world. And, and I know it's not everything everybody wanted, but it's still the largest ever, right? So it's still huge. It's a huge win for Biden. And it's going to help reduce inflation. And Republicans are trying to like find ways to say it's going to raise taxes because revenue is going to increase. Yeah, revenue is going to increase because productivity is going to increase. So let's be clear what's really going on in America with this bill. And let's not try to fake it. And of course, Republicans are throwing a temper tantrum over it. Blocking funding that would support veterans who developed cancer because of their proximity to toxic burn pits while they were serving their country in the army. I don't understand. Well, look, I I do understand. I understand it completely. Republicans just say they support the military, but they don't support veterans. They don't support people. No, they support war is what they support. They support contractors who make weapons of war, but the men and women who go out and fight the war, they don't support them. And why should that be a surprise to any of us? Their God, their demigod, Donald Trump, believes that people who serve in the military are suckers. He doesn't understand why they do it. So, of course, this is how they're going to vote when it comes. They're not going to, they're going to play games with veterans every chance they can because they just don't. They don't respect them. They only pay, they, they pay lip service to them. This fake patriotism, this fake love of country. They don't love their country. They don't love the men and women who serve their country. They love money and power. That's what they love. Nothing else. But we should be proud of the work that Joe Biden and Democrats in Congress are doing. And I know it's going to be a rough year. The, the right track, wrong track in this country is not looking good for the party in power. Let's be clear. But it's funny. I, I always look at these polls. I like to dig into these polls. And the question of the economy, I, I feel like since 2008 has been the same. Maybe, maybe, maybe not since 2008, since maybe 2012. Is the economy good? People say, no, the economy's horrible. How's the economy for you? Oh, I'm doing great. I don't get that disconnect. Or maybe I do get that disconnect because they're watching the news, which constantly tells them how bad things are. And then they're fine themselves. And if if that number, I mean, it's literally flipped. It's like 65% of Americans think that we're in a recession and 62% of Americans think the economy is doing fine by them personally. So I don't, I don't know how those two numbers can be accurate. Uh, 
how they can be the same other than people are being influenced dramatically by the media. And and the problem for Joe Biden is it doesn't matter if there's a recession or there isn't a recession because the people think there's a recession. So if the people think there is a recession politically, there's a freaking recession and we've got to be able to feel their pain and we've got to be able to tell them that we're working to resolve their problems. And I think this Inflation Reduction Act, which Joe Biden will sign hopefully in the next week or two, will go a long way towards easing people's minds, at least towards what they're working towards, right? At least they're going to understand that Joe Biden and Democrats are working towards it. Now, I don't know if it's going to help in November. I really don't. But uh, I don't think November is going to be as bad as I originally thought. I think that Democrats hold the Senate, maybe pick up a seat in the Senate. Republicans are nominating nonsense people. And while I think the Democrats are going to lose the House... I think that the margin of victory for Republicans in the House is going to be a lot smaller than they thought. The only thing that's getting them over the line this year is Gary Manley. So, I'm going to take a quick break. Come back. I'll wrap up the show with some other thoughts. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. Out in front to win. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Takes a shot, she scores! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IonNWSL.com. All right, so hey, uh, thanks again. I, I've been doing a lot of News Nation, and looks like I'm going to be hosting on News Nation at the end of the month. I will be back on Fox News later this week and Fox Business and News Nation. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. Follow me on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Christopher Hahn and Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram uh, to find out where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be doing. So just finally tonight, one of the debates I had on News Nation last week was about Clarence Thomas being canceled. Now, Clarence Thomas was not canceled. He teaches a class at GW Law. And he decided not to teach this semester because students were protesting his uh, appearances on campus because, I don't know, uh, his dissent in the Dobbs case, which overturned Roe, not his dissent, his concurring opinion in Dobbs, which was ridiculous, right? Which was offensive, which was bring me Obergefell, which created marriage equality, gay marriage, if you will, in America, Bring me the contraception case, Griswold v. Connecticut. All of these things were wrongly decided because the right to privacy, he believes, doesn't exist. And it is kind of funny. It's kind of funny. It's ironic how Thomas doesn't want to be protested, which, you know, there's clearly a right in the Constitution for us to protest peacefully. But he does want to take away your right to privacy. 
He doesn't want to, you know, he, he believes he should be private. And if he can't be private, he's just not going to go. I'm gonna, not going to go. I'm going to stay in my cloistered room of the Supreme Court where nobody can talk to me. Now, I was on, I was debating with Dan Abrams, who I think is a, a level-headed person. He was trying to say it's cancel culture. I was saying, no, if the university kicked him off campus, it would have been cancel culture. Thomas canceled himself. He just didn't want to go. Now, you know, the problem with Supreme Court justices is they answer to no one. They're appointed for life. And they don't want to hear from people, the people, not just any people. They don't want to hear from the people. They'll, they'll hear from lawyers and briefs and legal arguments and closed, quiet rooms. But they don't want to hear the crowds chanting their opposition to their opinions. And that's what's happening with Thomas right now, Clarence Thomas. He doesn't want to go to GW where the student body has said that they will be protesting him. No, he wants to stay sheltered at the court, cloistered from opinions that differ from his own other than those legally scholars, other Ivy Leaguers who can give their opinions. That's what he wants. He doesn't want to hear the the crowds chanting how wrong he is about the Constitution, which he is wrong about the Constitution. And he has taken away rights from the American people. And he has argued that more rights should be taken away from the people. Rights that, I don't know, 75% of Americans think are good. They agree with marriage equality. I'd say like 90%. I talked about this last week. 90% of Americans believe that contraception is a good thing. I'm one of those believers that it should be free. Especially in these tough economic times, people should have a recreational activity that they can afford, and sex is one of them. And they shouldn't be given children every time they have sex. Now, I know that the many Catholics on the Supreme Court, um, particularly Amy Comey Barrett, uh, believe that sex is for procreation. Right, They believe that you, you have sex only to procreate. I think that's sad. I think that's really sad. And it's so out of, stu- out of touch with opinion, not just modern opinion. I mean, popular opinion since time immemorial, since the beginning of time, people have had sex for enjoyment and for pleasure. And frankly, countries that don't have sex create radicalized, people more than countries that do you need look no further than the middle east we were talking about al-qaeda earlier in the show their strict religious views on sex is why you have so many men willing to blow themselves up for their cause they become radicalized because they're told that the thoughts of sex are evil and that sex should be refrained from and many of them never have sex Ever. And they join these cult-like terrorist organizations where they can be sent out into the world to kill because they are angry, because they are not having sex, they are not masturbating, they are not doing anything to relieve that sexual tension that men of a certain age, young men, always possess. And many old men too. 
But that's the country that it appears the majority of the United States Supreme Court wants us to live in. They want us to live in a sexually repressed country. And what happens to the young men in these sexually repressed countries, right? We'd have a lot more people joining the Oath Keepers. I got to tell you, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, I wonder why these guys join it. I think they're incels. I think they are people who are having a hard time with women. And they're looking for an outlet. And this is where they go. And it is not inconceivable that in a dystopian America where the Supreme Court bans contraception, okay? I mean, just think about how stupid that is. They're going to, you got a guy on the Supreme Court saying, bring me a case, Griswold v. Connecticut, which guaranteed the right to contraception in America. In an America where there is no contraception, imagine how many people will join the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, and other extremist groups. Where do you think Al-Qaeda gets their recruits from? Where do you think ISIS gets their recruits from? You think it's guys who are hanging out with lots of women? Having fun? Getting some? No. They get it from people who are sexually repressed. And if you leave it to Thomas, and Kavanaugh, and Amy Comey Barrett, that's what you're going to get sexually repressed nations. And it's ridiculous to think that. But no, he won't show up at GW because there's a couple of students outside who have a different opinion than him about the Constitution, who are exercising their constitutional right to protest, to redress their government. Now, I, I said on this show, I would, I would not only protest, but I would want him there. I would want Thomas at my campus so I can argue with him so I could go toe to toe with him about his opinion his wrong-headed opinion of the constitution that's what I would want I'd want to debate that guy I'd want to be in that class when I was in law school I had a ju- I had a judge teach a class judge Bellicosa who was on the court of appeals of the state of New York which is the top court in the state of New York I took that class because I wanted to Hear his opinion. Learn from Judge Bellicosa. Debate him on things. I actually did debate him on New York's electoral law about... In New York, we elect Supreme Court judges. Supreme Court's the lowest level of state court in New York. I know it sounds weird, right? But we elect them here. And we elect district court judges in in cities and towns and county court judges. I, I don't believe you should elect judges. Why do I not believe that? Because when I was a 22-year-old running for county legislator, I went to a lot of meet the candidates nights and the judicial candidates that would show up always had problems. Why? Because they were not allowed to talk about issues. They'd get up there and they'd say, the rules of the courts of the state of New York do not allow me to discuss issues. I can only discuss my qualifications for the bench. And then they would make a speech about their qualification for the bench. Republicans and Democrats, it, was, it wouldn't matter. And without fail, at every single meeting, after they made that speech, gave their qualifications, a little old lady would stand up and say, what is your view on abortion? What is your view on the death penalty? And then they would have to say, the rules of the courts of the state of New York do not allow me to discuss any issues while campaigning. And the crowd would boo. 
<laughs> so, I mean, why campaign? And if you can't talk about the issues, why run for, why have it an elected office? It should be appointed. It should be confirmed. And, and that should be it because it's, it's just stupid. It was a stupid way to pick judges. And, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it all. So I wrote a paper about it. And Bellicosa did not agree with me. And we had a very heated debate in class. And it was enjoyable. And he was a great guy. Uh, to, he, he later, when he retired from the Court of Appeals, became the dean of St. John's Law School. And I think that was a great thing. It was after my time there. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, look, I digress. If I was a student at GW Law who opposed Clarence Thomas, I would absolutely take his class. And by the way, I would take a class with any Supreme Court justice. I would take any opportunity to meet a Supreme Court justice and have a conversation about the law with them. Any opportunity I had ever. So, All right. I think you've all had enough of me. Thanks again for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. And I want to remind you, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. 25 Saturday nights, 50 matches, all season long on ION. Out in front to Williams, slips through, here's a shot, it's in! This is a game changer for sports. Sabina takes the shot herself. Hammers it home! Oh my goodness! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com.